Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is January 20th, 2024. Today's song recommendation is I Believe in Jesus by Chris Tomlin. Today's message is titled The Test of Knowing Him. And I have several scriptures written down. I don't know if we'll be able to get through all of them. If not, I will do a part two to this message. But if you tuned into my last message, we read the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And I mentioned that the following message was going to be about being truly saved. So I think it's a very important message because there may be people out there that have only that people have mentioned to you that if you say the words or read the words from Romans 10:9, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. And you just read those or say those and then go on your merry way. You're just then reading the words and the Holy Bible tells us that we can't just read the words we have to do what it says so we're going to read scriptures that speak to the point of where Jesus himself because the Word of God became flesh and that's Jesus Christ he himself said in very in a lot of examples I did not know you. I did not know you. I did not know you. What are you doing in here? I don't know you. Get out. So we have to listen to what Jesus said in the Holy Word of God. And if we don't read His Word, how can we know what His Word is? How can we know His heart? What He what he wants from us is an intimate relationship. Now, when an, when you have an intimate relationship, sorry, I just um, touched my mic. If we have an intimate relationship with somebody, we get really close to that person. And that's what we need to do with, with our, our born again self with Jesus, get to know him. And, for instance, if I know somebody down the road, but I've never gotten gotten around to ever visiting with him and getting to know that person, then how can I expect that person and I to be intimate friends, close friends? Same with Jesus. We could know of him, but if we never get around to ever knowing him so then he knows us so then we have an intimate relationship with him how can we expect him to say uh, that he knows us and he knows of us <laughs> he definitely does but if it, he says over and over we need to have an intimate relationship with him it has to be uh, we have to be born again so if, for instance, you went to church 30 years ago and you said, you know, every, every church service that I've ever gone to at the very end, they ask people to raise their hand to say the salvation prayer and then the people leave and they don't ever do anything with that. And I don't, I don't know if, if I ever did that. Uh, I know that when I said, the salvation prayer I meant it and I received the Holy Spirit into my heart and I became born again and I live my life for him so in this message I just my prayer is that somebody out there will get to know Jesus and worship him and receive him in their heart if they have not done so that's the goal of this message now maybe you're out there listening and you've, you've uh, 
sincerely meant the words in Romans 10 9 and you didn't just say them with your mouth but you received Jesus Christ in your heart because it was a heartfelt request to God to save you and because he knows your heart you will be saved because he knows that you meant it so again this message is titled the test of knowing him so we'll go through these these uh the scripture and we'll just make sure that you are in right relationship with the lord and that you are truly born again and so hopefully this message helps at least one person out there. And at the end of the message, we will read uh, from Romans chapter 10. I might just read the entire chapter. And we will say the salvation prayer at the end of this message. And hopefully somebody out there will accept Jesus in their heart when they say the salvation prayer. And commit their lives to him in other words they're, they're going to pick up their cross and follow him and be true disciples of Jesus Christ so let's get started uh, the scriptures that we're going to be reading are from the book of Matthew we're going to begin there chapter 19 verses 23 through 29 chapter 22 verse 1 through 14 chapter 25 verse 12 and then we'll go to the book of Luke chapter 14 verses 25 through 27 and then we'll go over to John chapter 1 verse 12 chapter 3 verses 3 through 21 and 36 chapter 5 verse 24 chapter 10 verse 22 and then we'll go over to the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12 then to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 through 10 and 13. And then over to 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And then, of course, we will end in Romans chapter 10. So let's get started. Turn to Matthew chapter 19. This is titled, With God All Things Are Possible. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I'm going to go ahead and just pause there, and I won't finish reading anymore, because this is mainly what I wanted to, to say in this message. Uh, it's, it says to the message that I want, that I'm trying to um, give today, where it is very difficult to get into the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Can you imagine? But then Jesus tenderly says, and we've got to remember, Jesus is a real God. And he's talking to his disciples, his apostles, with such loving kindness imagine yourself sitting there listening to his words and he says Jesus looked at them and said to them so he not only saw them and was with them but he spoke to them with man this is impossible a human being cannot enter the kingdom of God on his own strength, on his own. 
by saying words read in the Holy Bible, just only knowing one verse in the whole entire Bible. And with that being saved, no. Salvation comes through Jesus, through God. He makes it possible for us to be saved. We must believe and have faith and trust in Jesus Christ in order to be saved. No amount of money is going to get us into heaven. No amount of good deeds is going to get us into heaven. We must be born again and believe in Jesus and have faith in him and who he is, that he is the Son of God. And he came down from glory to be born of a Virgin Mary. And he taught about himself. And his mission was to then be crucified on that cross so that he could take our sins onto his body. He died for us for to save us from our sins so that we might be forgiven. Now we have to come to him and repent. Sincerely repent and ask for forgiveness because that is why he died on the cross. And if we don't believe that in our hearts, what he did for us, and then especially that on the third day he rose again. This is the same God that is speaking here to these disciples, these apostles, and he's saying, by your, by your own strength, you cannot save yourself. With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Once you start believing in Jesus, you can feel him. Because he gives us his spirit to indwell our hearts. You can feel him. You know him. And then you become intimate with him. And you have a personal relationship with him. And a lot of people don't want to pick up the word of God because it points to a sinful life. And they, not, they don't want to submit to Jesus so let's go to the next, the next chapter, chapter 22. This is the parable of the wedding feast, and we will read from verse 1 through 14. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged marriage, a marriage, for his son, and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants treated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, Go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all who they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen.
pause. Jesus doesn't mess around. He gives example after example. Many are called, but few are chosen. And one got in and he said, friend, what, how did you come in here? And he throws them out. And where do people go where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth? That's into utter darkness, hell. So, in my opinion, in this parable, he's speaking to the chosen ones of Israel. Because he came to his own. And we can't discount that God, from the Old Testament, he says he was only the God of Israel. Everybody else had different gods, false gods. He was the God of Israel. So when he came, he came to his own, who were Israel. And they did not receive him. They were too busy. They were they didn't they didn't want to come to the wedding feast. They didn't have time. <laughs> and so Jesus asks the other servants to go and pick all the rest up that are willing to come to the feast, right? And that's you and I. We we want to be at the wedding banquet. And what does he do with those that 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 are his true disciples because he died on the cross for our sins he washes our sins clean we, we we he takes our he took our sins on the cross and so anything that we did in the past or currently do or do in the future if we are one of his and we are sealed and we have the holy spirit and the holy spirit is guiding us into all truth but the holy spirit doesn't make us read the word of god we have to do that. We have to begin the relationship. And then he opens our eyes and ears to see what God says to his people. And then that with the Holy Spirit, he, he is the one teaching us through the word of God. So we want to be at this very important wedding banquet. We want to we want to get the invitation. And this is where in the last uh, scripture that we read, we, we don't want to, we can't say, oh, we can't come. We've, uh, I can't leave my, my wife or my husband or my sister or my mom or my dad or my kids. Uh, no, you can't. He says, if you want to pick up your cross and follow him, you got to leave the world behind, period. That's just the way it goes. And, and follow him and be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And we don't want him to find us there and say, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? In other words, you never accepted me as your Lord and Savior, truly accepted me as your Lord and Savior. And so your sins have not been washed away. Get out. You got filthy clothes on. You never accepted me as your Lord and Savior. Let's go to chapter 22. Oh, excuse me. Chapter 25, verse 12. Oh, I don't think I put a marker in there for that. Uh, it says this. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. And this is a verse, and I've done a message on this before. I'm not going to read the entire parable of the wise and foolish virgins, but the vir there were virgins that were ready, and there were virgins that weren't ready. And to the ones that weren't ready, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. So let's go over to Luke chapter 14. Oh my goodness, I didn't put a marker in there either. <laughs> okay, hang on. Chapter 14, uh, verses 25 through 27, says this. Now this is leaving all to follow Christ. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, 
brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which, for which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So, likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has not, excuse me, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, that he has, cannot be my disciple. Pause. Now this could seem like a harsh word from Jesus. You've got to hate your, your father, your mother, your children, your brothers, your sisters, and even your own life in order to be called his disciple. And he's just saying that we have to love Jesus. We have to love God. And it's just another way of saying we can't. Now, if, if our family is with us and going in the same direction and is walking along with us and is going to end up in eternity, of course, we're not going to hate them. They are with us, but those that are holding us back, that aren't believing, we've, and especially our own life that's unbelieving, we need to take that step forward for Jesus and invite him into our hearts and into our life and have him take control of our life so nobody else is weighing us down, that our life isn't weighing us down, but we are walking in the light now and leaving all darkness behind and hope and pray that family members are also making that same commitment because our commitment is to one Jesus we've got to commit our lives to him so let's go to John chapter 1 verse 12 says this but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name we have to believe in his name we have to have faith in Jesus because our salvation can come from no other way absolutely no other way chapter 3 verses 3 through 21 says this Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. 
so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Uh, verse 15, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Pause. In the scripture, it says, should be, should not perish, might be saved. And I always go back to those that are, are called, may not all be chosen. Because sometimes it's, it might seem to somebody that, that, it's just God's requiring just too much from them to leave their lives, to leave their families for him. But look, we are on this earth a short time and where we end up is a real place. We've got to make a decision to follow him wholeheartedly and put our belief and our trust and our faith in him and worship him. And worship no one else. Not even to, especially don't worship your life. We must be born again. So when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, He gives us His Spirit. And by His Spirit, by His Spirit, and only by His Spirit, can we be true disciples of Jesus Christ? Let's turn to chapter 5, verse 24. It says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Pause. He who hears my word. Doesn't say anything about saying a word. Or saying a verse. He who hears my word. He who hears my, ver my word and believes in him who sent me. You've got to hear him. And we're going to go to John chapter 10 now. Uh, verse 22. The shepherd knows his sheep. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. But the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name they bear witness of me, but you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. One God. And he said to the, the Jews, I told you, and you do not believe. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. And the word of God became flesh. His voice is in the word of God. So how can you claim that you hear him if you're not in the word of God? His sheep hear his voice. And not only hear him, but they follow him. And in order to follow him, I've already read to you who are his true disciples. Those that pick up their cross and follow him. They leave their whole life behind, all their loved ones behind, and follow him. And him alone. Through Jesus alone is salvation. Faith in him. Trust in him. Believe in him. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ and his crucifixion and resurrection. That is the only way. Now we're going to go over to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Pause. It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Jesus our Messiah. There is no other name. There is no salvation in any other. There are not a, a numerous ways into heaven. You can't believe that and believe all the other religions. And believe evolution. And believe any other paths that people believe. The Big Bang Theory, all of that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's that. That's how he starts his word. Hear him. And don't be paying attention to all these other people, loved ones or not, that have all these other opinions because we must listen to Jesus and Jesus' word only and believe on him and accept him into our hearts and submit our life to him. Tell him to take charge of it. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and we'll read verses 2 through 10. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 1. And this, this scripture is titled, By Grace Through Faith. And you he made alive. Let this be you. Pause. Let this be you. He, he is the one that can make us alive. He brings us from death to life. From death where we were sinners. And when we accepted him, what he did on the cross for us, that he might forgive our sins if we trust and believe and have faith in him that he cleans us up. He gives us life. And he doesn't wait for us to get it right all the time. Once we accept him as Lord and Savior in our hearts, and he gives us new life, a newborn again life. His spirit indwells us. But it is up to us to open up the word of God and know what it says. And the Holy Spirit breathes new life into us. By grace through faith, I'll read this again, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not for not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Pause. I love it where it says, even when we were dead in trespasses. So, I've shared that in my life, mom had us in church, in the Catholic Church, uh, and there are classes, uh, CCD classes, confirmation classes, things like that. And I took advantage of that time not to hear God, <laughs> but to socialize. And even though I uh, didn't know Jesus personally, I believe that even when I was dead in my trespasses, he still helped me. I, I can recall times when he helped me. He can still help you if you don't believe in him. He can still help you. And I think that's part of our journey because uh, we, don't, we don't have a personal and intimate relationship with him. But because he he has eyes that go to and fro and he's seeing everybody. And of course he knows who we will once be. <laughs> even though we don't know it yet. We can recall that he was with us even in our trespasses. How beautiful is that? It's so beautiful. We were dead in our trespasses, but... He makes us alive together with him. And he shows us exceedingly the riches of his grace. And verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Underline that. Because we have faith in Jesus, he grants us grace. He forgives us our sins. And that is not of ourselves. It's, it's a gift of God. There's nothing we can do to earn that. But if we place our faith in Jesus, our trust in Jesus, he grants us grace for the times that we mess up. And there are going to be times when we mess up big. But the only way that we can stop doing that is if we pick up the Word of God and learn from Him. Because when we read the heart of God, we notice, oh, we're doing this wrong, we're doing that wrong, but that's good. Because we want to have and live our lives according to Jesus and be Christ-like. We get convicted. And there are people that are on fire for the Lord, and then something happens, and then they're, they go away. And then these are the prodigals. They get called back, they're on fire for the Lord again, and they go away. And, and then they just keep, keep this, this pattern. But I wonder, 
Are you picking up the word of God and reading it? And you have to get, you have to be filled with the word of God daily and study it. Only then will you, will you be rooted, deeply rooted in your faith. And I shared a long time ago how it took me a long time to forgive myself of things that I had done. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and received him in my heart and submitted myself, I, I literally gave my life to him and said to him, take, take over, be in charge, every corner of my life be in charge. And there was a time when he stood in front of me, I didn't see him of course, but I felt him and he was there right in front of me and he had me relive the things that I had done. And he had me speak them out loud to him and repent. And then I was able to finally, I had forgiven others, but I haven't, hadn't forgiven myself. But after that intimate interaction with my Lord and Savior, I was able to forgive myself. And may, my goodness, it, the load was lifted off. I don't dwell there anymore in my past mistakes. It's it's whom whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And let's see. I love the ending of that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, he says we should walk in them. He doesn't say we should walk away from them. We should walk in them. Let's see. Go over to 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And four, okay, I'll start at, I guess it's three and four. I might have said two and four. The test of knowing him. Now by this, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, ought himself also to walk just as he walked pause so that's actually through six the test of knowing him what does he say there this is this is the word of god the word of god became flesh so this is jesus this holy spirit of god and he says this is the test of knowing him if we keep his commandments. So if we do not keep his commandments, then do we truly know him? Are we truly in an intimate relationship with him? Because like I said in the beginning, there are some that say the words, but they don't mean the words and never enters their heart and they're walking in every, they're following the world and the flesh and, and, and their lusts and their habits and they're never opening the word of God because they don't want God to, to, to change them. They're having too much of a fun time. And they're doing everything but following his commandments, but yet they're calling themselves Christians. And those are not true believers. Now we can make a mistake, of course. We're, we are not perfect. 
Scripture is clear. We are liars if we think we're not sinners. If we say we're not sinners, we are sinners. And we're, we're never going to get it right. But we're not purposely not following his commandments. And what else does it say here? He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. And who is the truth? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Says clear, Jesus is not in your heart. His spirit doesn't dwell there. You're not known. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Truly, by this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as he walked. Now, when we accept him truly into our hearts and we are true disciples, we are true followers and we're picking up our cross and we're leaving the world behind. We're not listening to any of the other stuff that's out there. We're listening only to God. We're following him. We're, we're studying his word of God. The Holy Spirit in, is, is indwelled, in, indwelled permanently in our hearts. He has us sealed. And even though we mess up, we are being perfected. We are his workmanship. And what, what we know of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to share with everyone because he is, that, that is the, the assignment that he left for us to do. For only his two disciples keep following him. Only his true disciples don't get, don't fall away because the road gets rocky. And uh, they can't seem to handle the life in general. Now, if you're a prodigal, open up your, the, open up the word of God. If you keep messing up, and are not following the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God, open up the Word of God so you can not mess up as often. So ask God into your heart. Just ask Him into your heart. He stands at the door and knocks. All you got to do is let Him in. But let him into your heart and come into his presence with the heart of repentance, asking for forgiveness. Because we all have to recognize that we're sinners. We, and God's word will keep us from sinning. And I really believe, again, I think I might have said this, I think that's why many people don't read the Word of God, because in there, uh, it points out sin and how what to do and what not to do, and and people just don't have time for it or don't want to, don't want to have Jesus in their in their life. And to you, he, you could be one of the ones he says he doesn't know. Again. He calls a lot of people, but not many are chosen. And those aren't my words. Those are his. And you can take it as, as you, you want. But if you don't partake of the word of God, which is the, the spiritual food that we need to fill us to overflowing, uh, we cannot know the will of God for our lives. And he will, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, which is Jesus Christ. So as we read more of the word of God, he reveals more of, of his heart to us. Uh, we need to um, be united in God's, in God's truth of Jesus Christ. That he did die on that cross for our sins and he is the son of God and that he resurrected on the third day and that he is coming back to judge the living and the dead. This is, this is our, we believe that he is the only way he is our, our salvation. He is the only way 
let's, we're going to end kind of running out of time, but let's end in Romans chapter 10. And this is titled, Israel Needs the Gospel. Now, we are Israel. <laughs> we are his Israel. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Pause. So they know of God, but they don't have any knowledge. They, uh, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Or, who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Pause. Now, who is the word? The word is Jesus Christ. And the Word of God became flesh. The Word of God is the Holy Bible that we hold. His Word became flesh. And His Word is near us. In our mouth and in our heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pause. That if you confess with your mouth that Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But in the middle of those verses it says that whoever believes in the heart, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and whoever believes in him on him will not be put to shame now if you if you say those words and believe in your heart you will be saved i'm not saying that not everybody <laughs> there's people that say those words and then go on their merry way and they never have a relationship with the lord but then there are people that say those words and they mean those words and the words that come out of their mouth are actually entering their hearts and they have come to him because they need a savior and they want to be forgiven for their sins and they want to, they want to have salvation and they want to be born again and they want to be made new and they want to follow Jesus. And some people have instant conversions, and some people it takes a while. But we are God's workmanship. He is, and only God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is cleaning us up. But we are forgiven. 
If we accept Jesus Christ in our life today and submit our lives to him today and mean it from our heart, we are true believers and he takes us today, we are in heaven. I was asking God about, I'm going to close out my Bible, about this message because Jesus' words can be very bold and very uh, strict. He wants people to follow him, not to follow themselves or other people, or to follow both. He wants our complete attention. And he wants us to be Christ-like and walk in righteousness and to live our lives for Jesus, for him. So I was asking him, because I, I don't, my whole purpose of coming on and doing these messages is to save the, the unsaved, is to bring back the prodigal, to speak the truth as it is written in the Holy Bible. And I'm not the one that's saying that he's not going to know you. Jesus himself says many times, assuredly, I did not know you. And so, and then in one of the passages, uh, the people were speechless. I think it was the man that came into the wedding banquet. And, and Jesus said, friend, how did you get in here? And, and this man was speechless. In the parable of the ten virgins, which I did not read, uh, there's scripture that says, but I did this and that in your name. What about that? You just, I did not know you. Get out. We need an intimate relationship with him so he knows us. And in order to get an intimate relationship with him, we must be born again. We must open up the word of God and read about him and know his heart. If we keep doing that on a daily basis, we're not going to go off over here and follow ourselves again. So, this is my prayer. Dear Father, this, this should be our prayer. This is our prayer. And those of you that wish to say this can, or maybe you have and you don't need to say it again, and that's fine. But you come into his presence and you, you say, I admit that I am a sinner and in need of forgiveness. I repent of my sins and ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart, Jesus, and take control of my life. Help me to live every day for you. Teach me your ways, O oh Lord. And dwell in my heart. And dwell in my heart. And dwell in my heart. Give me new life. A new birth. Help me to read and study your word and to be more Christ-like. Show me when I'm, what I'm doing wrong. Convict my heart of any area in my life that I need to repent of. Help me to forgive others as you have forgiven me and help me to forgive myself. So I say to you, Lord, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I believe that he is the Son of God, and that I am saved and sealed, and I will follow you all the days of my life. And I ask that you help me, Lord. Help me, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. <sighs> Folks, we also have to believe 
that he came and died on that cross for our sins. It's part of believing in him that he resurrected on the third day and that he is coming back to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We must believe that. We must believe him. He is as real as you and I are and he wants to be the Lord of your life. Not just your Lord sometimes, but the Lord of your life. And I asked Jesus for confirmation because I don't often hear from other pastors, and I'm not saying that I'm a pastor, but I've got to make sure that I stick to the Word of God, but I don't often hear from others that mere words say in Romans 10.9 or the salvation prayer will, won't save somebody. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm the only one with this mindset, Lord. Maybe I'm hearing you wrong. Maybe I'm not correct. Maybe all somebody needs to say is just the words, and then you you take it from there. Whether they want to accept you now or 60 years from now, they're saved because they said the words. Show me, Lord. Show me. Confirm. Before I come on and give this message, confirm it. And you know what he did? He he confirmed it by two pastors that I admire because they stick to the Word of God and they don't they don't say what tickling ears want to hear and they both said just recently in their messages that it's not just merely saying words you have to accept him into your heart In order to be a true disciple, you must believe on him and have faith in him and worship him alone. Uh, so we ask for everyone listening that you might know him intimately. And by knowing, knowing him intimately, you're worshiping him and him alone. So to those who have not received him and are not sure if they have salvation. You can be sure today if you mean it. And don't get down on yourself for messing up. We are God's workmanship and he will. We've already been forgiven. We've been invited to the wedding supper. Our, we have our wedding clothes on. But he's still working on us. He is still working on us. He works on us until he calls us home. But in the meantime, we've got to go out and preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who may not be saved or who don't feel saved, or wondering, am I saved? Am I going to get to heaven? Because God says it's so hard. <laughs> As we read, but by ourselves we can't do it. But everything is possible with God. Everything is possible with God. I hope I've reached somebody with this message. I do hope that. And when you ask somebody to, to say a salvation prayer, let them know what it takes to be a true disciple of Jesus and that a person has to be born again and only the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in the heart in order for that to happen. So if God doesn't think that you were serious, you're not going to get the Holy Spirit in your heart. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and end there. I don't know where I'll go from here. I probably will go back into reading the Psalms. And as the Lord gives me messages, I'll just preach. There's so many 
so many messages left in me, really. Currently in the book of uh, First Chronicles. And I pay attention to every word, every name, every city, everything that God wants to share with me. Because I want to know him. Know him. I don't, I don't want to end our relationship because I think I know him well enough. I want to keep on with my relationship. I want to keep hearing him. I want to keep listening. I want to keep doing. I want to keep, keep myself full. And the only way to stay full is to feast on the word of God and prayer and believing and receiving and having faith in the one that came to save us on that cross and then resurrecting on the third day so we could have everlasting life with him in eternity. All the glory to God. Much love to all. Until next time. Bye.